It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's head off to the beautiful Republic of South Africa now. So much to talk about. So we had to get a man who can wear many hats. And we found one. His name is C.S. Duplessis, a decorated journalist, presenter, broadcaster, C.S., Welcome in. Thank you very much. Wow, that's very kind words. I hope I can live up to the billing. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Let's hope the <laughs> South African cricket team can live up to their reputation. I must say, CS, when the team was named and we saw that there were seven debutants, a debutant captain as well, we were thinking, how's this going to go for South Africa? How do you think it's going to go for South Africa over here in New Zealand? It's a tall order. It really is. Uh, Any time that you play the Black Caps in New Zealand, you know that it's going to be a tall order. The South African team that is very much under strength and with all due respect to the fine gentlemen that have been selected to do the Rainbow Nation proud, they're SAA players, they're guys who are fighting for a place. Uh, There's some recognition, if I can put it that way. You know, we look around at this sort of squad. Um, I know they drew their match against the New Zealand eleven. You know, Neil Brandt, who captains the side, has done a great job for the Titans and, and Centurion. He's a fantastic, talented opening batsman, a bit of left-arm spin. So he does a bit of both. Um, he's a fearless leader. He's done very well at provincial and franchise level so far. But at test level... This is a very tall order for the team. And the guys like Keegan Peterson with 12 test matches, Brian Hamza with only six test matches are going to have to put their hands up. I, I looked at that warm-up uh, match against the New Zealand eleven. Um, probably Kyle Jamison and maybe Jacob Duffy were the two that um, are close to, well, Kyle Jamison is a test player. But um, six retired not-outs from South Africa, 339 they made, but six of them retired not-out to give everyone a crack. That suggests to me that batting might be their strength? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, a guy like Dane Peter and Sean Van Berg are two loyal spinners that have really done the hard yards. Um, They're not the youngest fellas who are out there. They are certainly very experienced in playing all sorts of formats, so... They will definitely carry the workload um, should the surfaces be spin-friendly for them, depending on, on what the weather's doing. But at this point in time, you can look down that order and with Kyle Zondo coming in, uh, you know, lower down, uh, even a Ruan de Swart can hold the bat. He got 53, retired. So I think the batting will be a strength. But at the same time, this is test match cricket against one of the best teams in the world. Um, they're going to be severely tested and, Hopefully, they can do South Africa proud. They've got their backs to the wall. There's already big question marks in the South African media about the team that we've sent. 
I know various other international players have had their say. But one thing I can guarantee is that the guys who are selected to do duty on that first test on Sunday morning will certainly be up for it and they'll be trying to do their best to stake a claim in the test team. Yeah, I see a lot of similarity with South Africa and New Zealand Like when it comes to putting on your national colours. Whether you've had a cap or not, um, I'm sure the Proteas and any South African that represents their country, they do it with so much pride, don't they? They know the eyes of your nation are on them, and it'll be really interesting to see how they respond to this. Absolutely. I think with the New Zealand international teams, regardless if it's netball through to rugby, cricket, um, you know, the sevens, they always put on that black jumper and what do they say? They grow an extra arm or an extra leg or they somehow have this belief. And it's the same whenever uh, one of our players puts on a green and gold jersey um, or a white cricket top representing South Africa. It really is uh, the pinnacle of South African sport and international sport. And it means so much because these guys have worked so hard just to get some recognition. They now finally get an opportunity and I, I can guarantee that they will really try their level best to make a statement and do South Africa proud. So looking at, at how they can go about it, they'll be definitely looking to, to get runs on the board and build off a solid platform um, with some decent spinners um, who can back them up. And hopefully, you know, so this test match will go at least three days and we'll see a good contest in this test. What's the reasoning behind so many debutantes? Were, were, were the top top-line guys not available? Are they playing elsewhere? Is it, is it seen as an opportunity to try out these guys that are very good domestically? I think if South Africa, if Cricket South Africa had their way, uh, you would have a full-strength uh, protest team that would be in South Africa. Your likes of KG, Rabada would be there, Aiden Markram, you know, your Lungi and Gidis. You know, the top players, uh, to name a few, would definitely be there, but when this uh, series was announced, it was announced uh, before the Betway SA20, which is, uh, I suppose, South Africa's wannabe version of the IPL, if I can put it in that way. It's a, mm-hmm. a franchise-based T20 competition with some really quality players. All the contracted Cricket South Africa players who have been selected are part of the mix. Um, you've got some top internationals from England, uh, Sri Lanka, and the West Indies that are out playing in this so when this tour to New Zealand was announced, it was literally just before this T20 competition was getting its feet. And Graham Smith is the one behind it. He's the commissioner of the Bedway SA20. So he put together this, this tournament, which has got the buy-in from the Indian franchises. It's 10-year deals that they've signed. So it's very lucrative for the South African players to be involved here. And because Cricket South Africa are shareholders in the tournament, they can't release the best players. So it's, it's, a, it's a scheduling nightmare for Cricket South Africa. So they've gone and looked at South Africa A and upcoming talent, and they've said, well, these are the lads that are going to do duty in New Zealand. There's, there's been a lot of talk about it. There's been a lot of disgruntled people, but here we are. We're a couple of days out from a test match, and we've got the best, with all due respect, second string that South Africa can put together.
And and this team did um, a lot of them were in the South Africa A uh, team that beat West Indies A in a three match series, which is good. One thing I wanted to ask you about was conditions play such a big part, and particularly in Test cricket. What what's a typical wicket surface um, that the South Africans and and most of these guys have just played domestically? A few have played over in the UK, but what's a typical wicket um, bounce spin? What does it look like in South Africa? In South Africa, it varies. I mean, obviously, at altitude, um, our grounds like the Wanderers, uh, Supersport Park, you know, it's 1,500 meters above sea level. So there you can expect uh, potentially less grass, a little bit more bounce. Um, they'll, be, they'll be accustomed to a little bit of grass in the start of the sort of the four-day format. So the ball will do a lot uh, early doors. But from then on out, it flattens out. It's good for batting. And at altitude, the ball tends to go further, whereas... Towards the coast, that uh, picturesque grounds like Newlands and at Kingsmead or at St George's Park in Port Elizabeth, you know, it definitely suits the spinners. It's a lot more of a graft. You have to work for your runs. So these guys will be well versed in various different conditions. Um, they'll just have to make sure that you know if that toss goes their way and they do get uh, first crack and bat, they're going to have to seal some quality New Zealand bowlers and. You know, get a nice score on the board so that the rest of them can build on that. But they'll be well versed in various conditions, um, and they'll be they'll be chomping at the bit to get the cracking. That's for sure. Brilliant. Let's leave the cricket. I want to ask you about a couple of other sports before we go. Seeing we've got you on rugby world cup champ, <laughs> rugby world cup champion South Africa. I can only imagine the scenes when they returned home. Uh, it was a fantastic rugby world cup, the most watched world cup ever. And rightly so, two, two um, Southern Hemisphere teams made the final just to shut up Europe. Um, our test schedule was <laughs> was uh, released yesterday. We actually had the CEO of New Zealand Rugby on my show yesterday talking about it. And the two matches in South Africa, for me, are the two pinnacle ones. Like I don't know what you guys did to not have to come to New Zealand and play, but th- <laughs> th- this, is, this is as good as it gets. Current world champions, past world champions, the All Blacks, going to play two matches in South Africa. That must be exciting for your local fans. I, I think, you know, whenever... Um the, the international fixtures get announced. You know, the Springbok fans all clamour to see when they can get tickets, what the prices are. And there's a lot of banter either on WhatsApp groups or social media about the prices that the Springboks charge um, their fans to come to stadiums to watch the world champions play. But when New Zealand are in town, the old foe, um, the greatest rivalry in international rugby, hands down in, in my biased opinion, um, Springbok fans are prepared to pay the earth to get to those tickets. They're often sold out months in advance, you know, and the grounds that we have, you know, they're big stadiums, so it welcomes this atmosphere. And any time that the All Blacks, because there there's a huge respect for the All Blacks. People must understand that, you know, the Springboks is not a hatred. It's a mutual respect, you know. Mm. Iron sharpens iron, as the saying goes. And when the Springboks know they're playing the All Blacks, it is another level. We've got Ireland coming earlier, I mean, later on this year. You know, Ireland, everyone's been talking about them, beats South Africa at, at the World Cup. So when it comes to the All Blacks, it's the biggest uh, biggest show in town. It's the hottest ticket in town. and It, is make, it always makes for special rugby. So it's going to be very interesting. I think a new era for, for the All Blacks. Uh, Rusty Erasmus is back in charge of the Springboks. You know, um, we've had Jacques Nienaber go to Ireland. 
so does Sia Khaleesi continue captaining the side? Who plays 10? You know, there's so many different narratives going into the showdown between the two of them. But it's always great to have the All Blacks here in South Africa instead of us waking up at ungodly hours uh, <laughs> to watch the box and the All Blacks play. But I'm sure that works the other way for you guys back in New Zealand. But either way, special Two great test matches, two great teams. It promises to be a fantastic contest. Yeah, two wonderful venues as well, which is brilliant. The last thing I want to talk to you about, it's your namesake, Drekus Duplessis, Israel Adesanya. There's so much speculation down here in New Zealand that Dana White is holding out. He, he's named the whole card except the, the big, big one. Israel Adesanya has sort of leaked a little bit of a clue. So is one of his trainers, Mike Ango, for this morning, saying um, he's ready to go. Have you heard anything about Adesanya, Drikas Duplessis, uh, UFC 300? Firstly, I mean, Mark, it's just great to be talking about mixed martial arts yeah. because, you know, as someone who's been um, advocating for the sport for over a decade now and doing my utmost to convince people that, there's more to it than just two guys in a cage. Mm. Uh, it's not cage fighting. It's just great that we're talking about the sport on this level that the whole world is talking about. And it's South Africa versus New Zealand. Um, I've been fortunate to spend some time with Drickus since he's got back from Toronto. I followed his career from when he made his debut as a 19-year-old. So I'm quite close to the team. Um, I was at the gym just yesterday talking to his coach, Mornay Fisser. Word on the street is that it is shaping up that the two of them are destined to fight for the middleweight title. Where it happens exactly remains to be seen. But from Drickus's camp, they're convinced that it's going to happen in South Africa. If it's at sea level in Cape Town mm. or if it's at altitude in Drickus's hometown of Pretoria. Uh, and this is, this is purely going on what they've been speculating and what they're saying. But from what they're saying, we're looking at September, October in South Africa in a true, true, a truly African showdown uh, between these two fierce warriors. So, you know, I know Kamzat Chemaev has been saying, oh, they're coming for you and they're going to do it on Yaz Island and that. But Kamzat is going to have to wait his turn because the showdown everyone wants to see. And stylistically, it is such a crazy matchup between these two. Mm. Israel Adesanya is arguably the greatest middleweight of all time in the UFC. We have no doubt about that. He is. He is the former champ. He's hungry. Uh, I hope that he is mentally 100% to, to take on this beast of a human being who probably could play flank for the Springboks. <laughs> He's that big a dude when, when he steps into the octagon. So at this point in time, I'm pretty confident we're going to see it happen in South Africa uh, between two of these guys. And I think it could be the biggest fight the UFC's ever seen at middleweight. I know we had Anderson Silver days. We've had all sorts of other middleweights, but Everyone wants to see DDP against Izzy. Given that you know Drickus a little bit, then um, just I would have to take the opportunity. What's he like as a person? Because we've seen we've seen the slanging matches. I know a lot of it is theatre, and it's it's not from the heart, it's not from the soul, it's to sell pay per views and all of that. What what sort of person is Drickus? He is salt of the earth. He is a humble. Um, Gentleman, he poses for every single photograph. Um, he is just one of these guys who wants to give back to South African mixed martial arts. You know, he runs a, a gym. He's got his own gym in Pretoria called Team CIT, where he's employed two people. 
to run the facility. Obviously, he's a, he's a professional athlete, so he can't run the gym, but he employs extra people. They've got a great amateur scene. You know, they're pro um, setup. Drikas is heavily involved in the coaching. You know, apart from that, he's at local amateur uh, events. He's at the EFC, which is South Africa's um, premier mixed martial arts uh, promotion. He's always there in the corner of his teammates. He's always taking photos. And when he got back to South Africa, it's never been that busy at the airport for a combat sports athlete. I mean, I'm talking about boxers. I'm talking about, you know, K1, whatever you want to call it. Mixed martial arts has never, ever seen, and combat sports never seen, you know, four or 5,000 people arrive just to welcome back a champion. And he posed for photos from the start of the day to the end. So wonderful human being, very humble. He actually is um, painfully polite at times, <laughs> but when his uh, walkout song plays and it's go time in that octagon, uh, he is a, a, a ferocious competitor, but also someone who works the socks off day and down just to be ready for any opportunity. Well, CS Duplessis, I'm definitely keeping your number in my phone uh, because when this fight happens, <laughs> we're going to do build-ups when the All Blacks play. I've really enjoyed our chat today. Thanks heaps for joining us here in New Zealand. You're most welcome. Thank you very much for having me and uh, have a great day.